Hello, everyone, and welcome to the divisional round betting and DFS preview from the 33rd team. I am your host, as always, Josh Larkey, joined by my co-host, Ryan Reynolds and Jordan Vanek. We're going to cover all four games from a betting and DFS perspective. Let's get right on to it. All excellent games this weekend. Let's start with Texans at Ravens, the Saturday afternoon game. Game totals at 43 and a half. Ravens are currently nine and a half point, fairly hefty favorites in this one. Ryan, wow, a warm weather team like the Miami Dolphins could struggle in the cold. Do you, and to, I guess, a lesser degree, the betting public, see the Texans and CJ Stroud having a similar fate with temperatures in Baltimore, likely in the high teens, low 20s with a little bit of wind? I wouldn't say the same fate. I, I don't think it's a positive, obviously, whenever a dome team plays and, you know, below freezing temperatures on the road, but. You know, I, I'm at the point now, I, we had the graphic here where I said C.J. Stroud's the new Joe Burrow. You know, if I'm ranking my top five quarterbacks over the next five years, it's Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, Burrow, then Stroud. I think Stroud and Burrow's like a real conversation. So I don't want to doubt the guy. Definitely not crossing him off over some weather. Unless it's, unless it's like 30, 40 mile an hour wins. That's a different story. Jordan, on that note, do you have interest in Stroud for DFS? And if you do, who would the X factor be aside from Nico Collins and Stacks? Since as we've seen week after week at this point with no Tank Dell, no Noah Brown, it, it is really the Nico Collins show in terms of target share. Jordan, you're also on mute. Oh, wow. Look at that. Um, I don't have much interest <laughs> in Stroud this weekend just because it is in Baltimore and we've just seen them throttle teams uh, in Baltimore. And it's been teams that have the you know, Kyle Shanahan descent, like the Miami Dolphins or some of the teams earlier in the year. So it's like, Bobby Sloy, can you draw up another masterclass as a defense? And then on top of it, the Ravens have had all week to prepare, all week to get better, to get healthy, and to be able to establish some of those things. Like Kyle Hamilton's been fighting through a nagging knee injury. Now that he's had two weeks off, like we're going to see him playing faster and getting to the ball quicker. And as a result, like, if they had Tank Dell, I would be fine, but you're right. They don't have anybody else that's an X-Factor outside of Nico Collins, and I don't think it's going to be able to show up. Robert Woods would be the only guy that I believe could, and it's like I'm not going to bank on him. Or not Robert Woods. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson would be the other guy that I think could, and it's like I'm not banking him on this matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, let's flip to the other side of this. Right now, Lamar Jackson's pass attempts line in betting markets is 28.5. His season average was 28.6. Now, the, the Ravens are a run-first team, and that's kind of at direct odds with the Texans' defensive strength, which is their run defense. Ryan, do you think Todd Monken tries to pivot to a pass-heavier game plan in this one, or are you aligned with Vegas here where they think it's just going to be same old, same old from the Ravens? Yeah, I think they're just going to do what they do for the most part, although the Texans did limit Jackson on the ground in, the, in opening day. Uh, but, you know, we talked about this before the show. Jackson's a good passer, but he's – his dynamic athleticism is what makes him a difference maker. So I don't think they're going to change anything going into this game. Now, if they get shut down early, maybe they pivot from there, but I think the line, I think the attempts line's fine and probably right around where it should be. Jordan, we've talked about this uh, over text throughout the past week and a half about Mark Andrews. He was officially a full practice participant yesterday. That's very exciting. Let's assume he's back. How would his availability affect how you're handling Lamar Jackson this week for DFS? It would boost Lamar Jackson a lot for me because you want Lamar when he's being both a passer and the runner. And 
I know that they stopped them in the beginning of the year. Obviously, that was the first game with Todd Monken under center calling plays. They threw a screen on like 34% of the pass attempts for Lamar Jackson that first one. They never touched that number for the rest of the season. And then on top of it, the Texans flipped their coverage. They were playing a lot more cover three, cover one, basic style of defense in that first game of the season. But now they're running D'Amico Ryan's scheme that he had in San Fran. It's a lot of quarters coverage, cover four, which Mark Andrews has been the most efficient player against. And on top of it, just the go-to for Lamar in that spot. So for me, if Mark Andrews plays, I'm going to buy into the uncertainty with Lamar Jackson in him. And I don't really need to double stack on this type of slate this weekend with the other receivers that are available. And just assume Lamar's getting it done as a passer and his touchdowns are going to Andrews. And he's also doing it as a rusher. Jordan, I'm going to go right back to you for a second. So a slate like this where there's so many high-powered offenses, does that make you less likely to double stack then when you know that several teams this week can get there and that it's unlikely that it's going to be one offense really rising above the rest? Yeah, and there's also teams on the slate that like they're not going to take the foot off their gas. Like the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like Detroit Lions are the 49ers, like, I don't think they're going to pull back if they get these leads. Like, I think these games, if they get to that point where you're going to see still guys catching passes, like the 49ers use their screen game and stuff like that as an extension of the run game. So like a Debo Samuel isn't just going to be phased out of the offense if they're up by two touchdowns, just like we saw early in the year against Philly. Debo Samuel can get a 47-yard touchdown even when they're up 20-plus points. Before we move on to our next game, Ryan, do you have any interest in the defenses in this matchup with Texans-Ravens? Last week, you made a good call talking about why we should be all over the Miami Dolphins unders. That ended up being quite successful. They scored a total of seven points. Any interest in the Ravens this week for the cold weather game? I know you've bet against Lamar Jackson sometimes successfully in the past with some of his turnover issues. How are you feeling here? Yeah, I think the Ravens are fine. I'm not in love with them in this spot. You know, they're going to be priced heavily, not real crazy about it. I think Houston's an aggressive... You know, if you're playing in a tournament, you have you have to you have to gain leverage in some spot. And on a four game slate, there's really very few opportunities for that. Where I do probably think that the Texans will end up being the lowest played defense this week. So I do think there's a chance Lamar Jackson throws two interceptions in this game. So my answer to that is to an extent. I like that. Folks, we are sponsored by Better B-E-T-R. It is the newest, it is the best picks app. Promo code 33rd team, all one word, eight characters, 33rd team. You can get the 100% deposit matchup to $500. That is five times the industry standard for other picks apps out there. So if you're like, Josh, I've, I've, I've used Underdog in the past. I've used prize picks. Why this one? Uh, quite simply, in addition to the user interface being awesome, it's the deposit match. That Getting up to $500 and essentially free money that you can use on the app. Again, that's five times the industry standard. Better picks, promo code 33rd I will give out an entry slip for a 9x later on in the show. Let's turn to Packers at 49ers. Game totals hefty, 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 50 and a half points, an identical nine and a half point spread in the Niners' favor. Looks like the Ravens and the Niners both won seeds coming off the bye at nine and a half point favorites. Again, 50 and a half point game total. There's going to be scoring here. Ryan, Packers coming off their major upset over the Dallas Cowboys. Has that performance factored into the spread and total for this game at all? 
I actually don't think so. I, I had this game as 49ers minus nine and a half. I think it might dictate some action to the Packers side, the big win last week. But, you know, to tell you the truth, guys, and I don't think this is a hot take here at all. Dallas is one of the most talented rosters in the league. The 49ers are entirely different animal. So I don't think that game factors too much in, when we're talking about this one. That was my lean as well. Now, Jordan, how do you expect the Packers pass attack to play out on Saturday? I know that you've been very high on multiple Packers receivers this year, correctly, I might add, given that they're in this round of the playoffs. Do you have any interest in Jordan Love? We talked about how it's just stacked with good quarterbacks on this four-game slate. It's Jordan Love doesn't have a ton of interest for me just because of that 49ers defensive line. When they get going with Hargrave, uh, Eric Armstead, Chase Young, and Bosa, they're just rushing for and getting pressure with that. It's just going to create problems for love. The Dallas Cowboys had no sense of the moment. They were playing two safety deep against 12 personnel. They were meaning they created a lighter box. On top of it, one of the Cowboys starting linebackers is 205 pounds. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner are much different beasts in the middle. So I don't think the uh, Packers are going to have much success in the run game, which is a result like it's going to make Jordan Love a lot less efficient as a passer. Overall, though, like I do have interest in some of these receivers. It's just a nightmare to predict because Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, all four of those guys can make plays. It's it's one of those things where we don't know where Christian Watson's hammy is. We don't know where Jaden Reed is for his uh, rib injury. And like last weekend, Dobbs and Wicks were their full-time receivers. They only played 70% of the routes. It was a full rotation there, similar to what we see in some college football teams where they're just rotating receivers left and right. It makes me see like I'll play the less popular one of the group. And that's kind of the stance that I have. There's no real lean on that group because they're all capable of doing it. We have an article on the 33rd team right now. Some best bets for this weekend from myself, from Ryan, from our data scientist, Dahan Rungta, from our contributor, Samantha Praviti, from myself. That is up on the site right now. We also have the player prop happy hour that we recorded yesterday make sure that you check out that stream on twitter and on the fantasy embedding youtube i'll give away one quick bet before we move on from this game now you can get a taste of what's in that article what's on the player prop happy hour we were talking about the packers pass attack uh the run game's a little bit different i i'm very concerned i took aaron jones under 16 and a half rush attempts it was minus 110 on DraftKings. i saw the juice was up to minus 130 on FanDuel. that made me initially excited about it on top of being concerned about the matchup. Jones has at least 20 carries for 111 yards each of the past four weeks. I think that's why this rush attempts number is pretty high and why there's going to be people trying to bet this over, blindly looking at box scores. When you dig in those four games, one was a win over the Panthers, Jordan Vanek's team. As we all know, that's a run funnel defense. They blew out the Vikings 33-10. Of course, in a blowout, he's going to get some good run there. Beat the Bears 17-9, another muddy game. Good for Aaron Jones. And then last week, when they're up 27 to zero, essentially at halftime against the Cowboys, of course, it's going to be an Aaron Jones week against the Niners. Only one running backs actually had more than seven, 16 and a half carries in a game. That running back had exactly 17. It was Jerome Ford, a 1917 upset by the Browns. Packers are nearly 10 point underdogs. As we discussed earlier, game scripts, probably not in their favor. Aaron Jones under 16 and a half rush attempts. Now, Ryan, going back to that Packers Cowboys game, we saw what the path to success on offense looked like for the Packers. And one thing that we've often discussed that I think you've really put me on is how 
after only a few drives in most games, you sort of know how it's going to go. And it's pretty easy to start to spot the upset. And in that game, it was fairly obvious that the Packers were just outplaying Dallas on both sides of the ball. What What is the other version of this look like where there's a Packers collapse early? How would you spot that? Oh, that's a good question. I like that. Twofold. The first is defensively, and you know, Jordan and I have been talking about this all year. If the 49ers pass rush, if the Packers simply can't handle the 49ers pass rush, that's path one. And the other one is the 49ers can beat you in so many different ways on offense, but the biggest one to me is Yak. Debo Samuel's a free player. There's no one like him. Christian McCaffrey's the best player in space at the running back position. If they're if they're giving up yak in chunks and not tackling well in space, they're in a lot of trouble and this game could get out of hand in a hurry. Jordan Brock Purdy led the NFL this year, a ridiculous 9.6 yards per pass attempt. So pretty much a full yard above anybody else. His quarterback rating was 113. That is elite. He did this, though, while attempting just 27 passes per game. That was 35th among quarterbacks that played at least five games this year. Given that Purdy's insanely efficient, but quite low volume, would he be a better DFS option then on a half PPR site like FanDuel compared to DraftKings? For people out there that are playing on both sites and they're trying to balance where their their QB portfolio and how that shakes out. It's for sure on FanDuel, just because that low, like the low volume, even though he's high efficiency, like over nine yards per attempt is great. But if he's attempting 20 to 25 passes, that's not a ton of yards. You're going to need the touchdowns to bring that upside on FanDuel. It's a touchdown driven uh, site where you get the guys with the most touchdowns. And usually that's how you win. DraftKings, you can get away with a guy that doesn't necessarily score because of that 300 yard bonus. Like Lamar Jackson is a capable player of getting 300 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. Those are obviously some of the ceiling type games from these guys. But Brock Purdy, it you want Brock Purdy to be not necessarily trailing, but a team that's actually taking making them play up speed. But they're this isn't the matchup to do it. I, I think maybe next round we we see that, or possibly if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, that's where Brock Purdy becomes the elite play on DraftKings. But for now, he's more of an elite play on FanDuel. Christian McCaffrey just led the NFL with 1,459 rushing yards in 16 games. The Packers have struggled this year against running backs. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Ryan, how do you expect the Packers to try to game plan on defense in what's arguably the toughest possible matchup out of all? Uh, like, uh, I think if you if you chose any of the 32 teams against the Packers, this is probably their nightmare matchup on defense. Uh- I think it's a nightmare matchup for anyone, but yes, it is definitely for them. McCaffrey's over-under rush total on, on sportsbooks is 92.5, which is very high, too. But here, here's how I'd look at it. If Green Bay is going to compete in this game, their front four has to be impactful. If you have to start sending pressure, again, we talked about Yak pressure. When, when pressure gets picked up, Yak is a problem then, and this is the team you do not want that to happen with so i think you almost have to take your chances with mccaffrey from a macro standpoint i don't think you can game plan them for because the biggest problem is debo running wild Ayuk running wild george kill running wild and the thing with san francisco in general is they're going to try to hit you everywhere you know they're going to hit you on the boundary they're going to roll out to the boundary they're going to hit you up the seam they're going to run the ball down your throat they're going to run the ball off tackle so i i would actually just take my chances with mccaffrey actually on the ground i like that jordan I was looking at some props markets for Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Kittle's the lowest, still pretty hefty at 51 and a half. Ayuk was the highest at 67 and a half. Debo's in the middle. Seems like uh, people are a little bit unsure exactly how this will play out. If uh, you had to choose one of these guys that 
might fail or at least like not get there in a DFS sense this week? Do you have a lean on which guy has the toughest matchup? I think it would be Devo Samuel. And it's, yes, he can get there off the yak. Yes, he can do a ton of things and he's going to be a matchup nightmare. But it feels to me like throwing in rhythm, finding guys that are just flat out open and know where to go with the space down the field. It's it's Ayuk and Kittle. This Packers defense runs a lot of cover three, cover four, basically your zone looks. They play a lot of soft zone and they read and react to your quarterback. And what Kyle Shanahan and all these guys do really well is they hit you off play action. And when play action against your zone coverage, if you're late getting to it, creates some space. And Kittle and Ayuk are two guys that have found the soft spots all year. They've been the guys for Brock Purdy and zone looks. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where all three of them can do it. But if I had to bet on one failing, it would be Devo. Ryan, I, guys, or I guess first to the listeners, I promise this won't just be a 49ers love fest. We'll move on to the next game shortly. But Ryan, I, I do want to ask if someone did want to bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, what's the best way for them to do this? Since I think you have a clever take here. Oh, yeah. They're, they're plus 175 now to win the Super Bowl. Do not make that bet. $100 getting 175 in return instead bet their money line every week roll over all of your profits or let it ride so to speak because here's what you're looking at this week $100 pays 121 that's disgusting don't do that on their own but if you're doing this process your plan next week is let's say the lions win even if the 49ers are six and a half point favorites against the lions we take that $121 we put it on the lion we put it on the 49ers in that scenario and that 121 becomes 162 and then in the super bowl and this is why this is a much better bet we're already 15 shy roughly of the super bowl bet if you roll it over twice and they get to the super bowl but then you're you're probably playing the ravens the bills or the chiefs the spread in that game is going to be around three you're going to get to around 320 instead of 175 if you if you let it ride every week folks that's ryan reynolds nfl on twitter sharp stuff there Jordan, our head of DFS, is Jordan Vanek DFS. Jordan's piece for this four-game slate will be coming soon to the 33rd team site. You should be checking that out if you play any kind of DFS. The four-game slate has a Millie Maker option on DraftKings this week. The six-game slate last week did not. The four-game, this one does. We got it. Ryan has power-ranked all eight remaining playoff teams on the 33rdteam.com as well. These articles are free to read on the site. Check out how Ryan's viewing. The remaining teams in the divisional round. Let's turn to Buccaneers, the Lions. Another hefty game, total 48 and a half points. Lions, six and a half point favorites, nearly a touchdown. Ryan, we've got two solid passing offenses here, two defenses that uh, it's been talked to death at this point. These defenses struggle to stop the pass. Has there been any line movement here? And how does this affect how you're treating the, the spread in total for this one? Yeah. The Lions move from Lions minus six and a half to minus seven. It's bounced back and forth all week. I had this as Lions minus four, so I'm a little surprised. And that's mostly because I don't think the Lions are that good. Strong, strong offense, very well-rounded offense. You know, that's great. But like you just talked about, they've been absolutely destroyed by every quarterback they've faced recently in the air. And, you know, there's a path to that improving, but I'd like to see it before I, I get my hands dirty by betting on it. So, uh Total-wise, I, I think, you know, like you said, bad pass defenses, but the thing I always look for in these matchups, too, is indoor game in January. That's a plus for for an over. And both offensive lines are plus 10 units or top 10 units that can mitigate each team's pass rush. So there, there's some paths to this being like a 50-plus scoring, 50-plus point scoring game here. You mentioned the Lions' past defensive struggles. You've also talked about how they've been overrated for much of this year. Anything else you'd like to touch on that concerns you about the Lions in this one? 
No, I mean, I think they're good. I just don't. I think they're a tier below like the the real contenders, which are the Ravens, 49ers, Bills, Chiefs at this point. I just think they're and and to tell you the truth, I think they're in their own tier above Green Bay and Tampa Bay, too, at that point. Jordan, this should be a pretty popular game to stack in DFS. I get excited, especially on DraftKings, when I hear about two volume pass attacks that should have success in the air. If you had to choose one, are we going golf or Mayfield this week for a budget quarterback? I love Baker Mayfield this week. And I know that I talked last week about the Lions defense being better. And I totally understand that. Dave Canales last year with the Seattle Seahawks, obviously he's not quote unquote the play caller, but he's still the guy that was part of developing quarterback and scheme. And for what it's worth throughout his career has always gotten his quarterback to play up to par. Um, This is a spot where, They're going to face a run defense that is shutting down teams and not allowing you to run it, and they're going to have to throw. And with Baker Mayfield and company, I think at 6K, he's the one of the lowest uh, projected owned quarterbacks this weekend. He's the perfect player Mm -hmm. here where he has the explosive plays. He's had them all year or during the season and against this Lions team. I think he has them. And then I also think that if Jared Goff and company, they are with the lead, they will want to try to thump this game out and get their running backs to the ball. And then it's fairly easy to get access to Jared Goff by just playing Amon Ra or Sam Laporta and possibly even Jamison Williams this week, who actually played a full-time role last weekend against the uh, Rams, which was really fun to see. Ryan, last week we had Josh Reynolds finishing second on the Lions and receiving five catches, 80 yards, sort of a revenge game for him against the Rams. Kate Auden led the Buccaneers pretty surprisingly with eight catches, 89 yards. Are these one game samples or from what you said, it saw, is this a sign of more big things to come this week based on how they played? I lead towards more towards one game samples. I, I think two players are in different situations though with Kate Otten. He was just left wide open up the seam like three or four times last week. So I think that's more <laughs> on Philly than anything else. I wouldn't expect that to happen again this week. With Josh Reynolds, that's a rapport thing. He has spike games here and there. He played with Jared Goff with the Rams. They have they have a pretty good connection. He probably views him as his second or third most reliable target. So if he had two catches for 20 yards, no surprise. If he had another five for 80 kind of game against Tampa Bay, no real shocker there either for me. Jordan, give us your stacking partners for Baker Mayfield. Is Kate on in there? Who, who are we stacking him with? And then who's your favorite run back on the Lions? Yeah, I think for ceiling wise, you have to have Mike Evans. That's that's the starting point. He dropped a 50 yard touchdown. He has dropped numerous touchdowns this season with Baker Mayfield, which is something I didn't expect to say uh, coming into the year. But all season long, he's one deep and he's going to have opportunity to do so in this matchup. And then the other guy that I have interest in is surprisingly David Moore. That dude, for whatever reason, is just electric. And we had Godwin kind of. He's questionable right now, obviously. I assume that he's going to end up playing. Godwin and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson have had numerous battles over the middle of the field. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was with the Saints forever, so he knows that when the way Godwin runs his routes, that's the matchup that I don't think they're going to go to. So Mike Evans with David Moore, who operated as the third receiver last week, is where I want to go. And then my favorite run back in this one, it's Jamison Williams at 3,600. They play a lot of cover three. They're going to press you. The Buccaneers defense, I attacked all season when they weren't healthy. They're a much healthier group right now. Zion McCollum doesn't exactly get to start at corner, which is something I wanted when I was attacking them. But JMO, 
down the field against Carlton Davis or uh, the other starting corner on the other side of the field, I think it's Jamil Dean, will be the matchup that the Jared Goff Lions can take advantage of. Folks, we, we talked about a better entry coming. Here it is. Better BETR. Promo code 33rd Get that 100% deposit match up to $500. You want an entry? Here you go. This is four picks to 9x your entry fee. So if you were to put $10 on this and it wins, you get $90. Doesn't sound half bad. We're going with these more or less lines. We can take the Baker Mayfield more 254 and a half passing yards. We've detailed why this is a smash matchup for him. He's also just been more than that in eight of his past 12 games. You could take Chris Godwin more than 20 and a half yards longest catch. We don't necessarily want to bet on his yards in this one. If we're already taking a Baker Mayfield passing yards, since we can't take two yardage, we can go with his catch where he's been more than that in 11 of 18 games. He just needs one opportunity in this one. You can take the Jared Goff more 275 and a half passing yards. It's the Buccaneers pass defense. We don't need to overthink this. It's Jared Goff at home. And to correlate that, Amon Ross St. Brown more than 24 and a half yards longest catch. Betting markets have this number higher for as long as catch. The fantasy picks market might be a little slow to catch up. Amon Ra has more than that number in 10 of his 17 games. The Buccaneers allowed the fourth most completions of at least 25 yards this season. Promo code 33rd team. Better picks. Get that deposit match. Ryan, you've talked about how the Lions uh, can be very fun, yet uh, sometimes... Uh, just kidding. I, I did that question earlier. Uh, apparently I am so caught up with better picks that I am, uh, rereading Shoshi questions now, uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we, we've talked about these, these passing games pretty in depth, but we have not talked yet about the, the defenses here. Generally, one thing that, that is true that I think some people don't always realize is that when there's high passing volume, that actually opens up the door for some pretty good DFS performances from the defense due to sacks and interceptions. Jordan, I'll go to you first, then to Ryan. Do you have any interest in the, the Lions or Bucks, which is probably going to be a fairly contrarian take on this slate? I think the Bucks defense has the most, I guess, upside in this matchup. I know it's Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. I know uh, throughout the year what he has been. I just think if I'm betting on the defensive coordinator, I, I'm going to bet on Todd Bowles with getting creative and Vita Vea stopped the touch push. <laughs> if, if he's, if he's stopping the touch push, I assume he's going to stop the run game. And as long as he stops the run game and they're getting pressure on golf, they can get the pick six. They can get aggressive and kind of play similar to what we saw with the green Bay Packers against Dallas. If they're capable of getting there, that's the way I want to go here. Ryan, you mentioned that exact same play on the Player Prop Happy Hour show yesterday, and while you're a little concerned with David Montgomery, are you aligned with Jordan here that the Buccaneers' defense has some sneaky upside when there's probably not going to be, like I mentioned before, probably not a lot of interest in these units? I don't I don't just agree with Jordan. I, I love Jordan Vanek. I'll profess that I'm alive on the air right now. I love it yes. when we're aligned on things, and here's the thing that I'll say about this. We saw Todd Rolls bring heat against Jalen Hurts. Jared Goff is a pressure-sensitive quarterback. The Lions have a very good offensive line. But from a DS, DFS perspective, just like Jordan said, that Buccaneers defense in a best-case scenario, and again, whenever you're making a lineup with this, you want to tell a story. Like if the Bucs win this game, how do they do it? One of those ways is a, a sack fumble return for a touchdown, a pick six off pressure, something like that. And on the other side of things, like – Baker Mayfield's been good in the second half of the year. I'll, I'll give him his flowers. Mm -hmm. I've been critical of him in the past, but like I don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame yet. So if he had a bit of a meltdown game here against Detroit and Detroit had a bit of a spike game, I think that's possible too. If you're playing in big tournaments, I'd have exposure to both defenses. 
Yeah, I think another way to look at this is that it's ultimately Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. We we have seen both of these quarterbacks crumble uh, many times in the spotlight. Let's turn to a game with uh, the two, arguably the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now in many ways. I guess Lamar Jackson, you could probably uh, talk about adding there after this season, but let's talk about Chiefs at the Bills. 45-point game total. Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bills at home. This should be razor close. It is projected to be the closest one. It's the playoff rematch we've all been looking forward to with Mahomes and Allen. Ryan, has there been any line movement here? And how do you expect this one to play out from a macro perspective where these two teams are actually quite different than the last time they faced in the playoffs? Yeah, the the lines move from Bills minus two and a half to minus three and back. It's fluctuated a little bit. I'm actually surprised it hasn't gone more towards the Chiefs side because I figured more people would be betting on the Chiefs. Because like, how often do you get Patrick Mahomes as an underdog? These teams have played each other six times since 2020. They're three and three in those games. Buffalo's actually won the last three games, if I, if memory serves. But the Chiefs are two and zero against them in the playoffs. I talk about variable games a lot. I used Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings as an example. Those games sometimes were 35-31. Sometimes they were 2017. I think this is the same way. If this game played low scoring, I think my score prediction is 23-20. I I think that's probably what I'm expecting. But if the final here was 31-30. No surprise at all, given the quarterbacks and the stakes here. Jordan, let's start off with the Chiefs. Last week, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey. That stacking unit accounted for 201 of the 262 Mahomes passing yards. Are you once again interested in stacking Mahomes with Rice and or Kelsey? Or is there another player that you'd have your eyes on this week? No, it's it's those three. Mahomes is recognized. These are my path. This is my path to being great in the playoffs. This is my path to getting the Super Bowl. Rasheed Rice and Kelsey had 22 targets last week. It, it's it's similar to like if the Eagles didn't have Dallas Goat or Goddard, and you're just like, oh, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. These are this is where the ball is going. This is how they're going to do things. It's the same same path here. I, I don't think any of the like other plays need to really step up. I know Pacheco has caught a ton of passes throughout the end of the regular season. It's just not needed for the explosion of Patrick Mahomes and what Rasheed Rice has been able to do. It's just remarkable. He's one of the better receivers in the league right now. And one of the guys that I'm looking, I'm excited about looking forward and especially in a game like in Buffalo, Mahomes versus Josh Allen, like somebody's got to step up at receiver and it's got to be him. Ryan. The Chiefs won by three scores against the Dolphins last week. That should be, at the very least, encouraging for this offense that you've been pretty critical of, and I think rightfully so. This has been the worst version of the Chiefs offense that we've seen with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Any modifications you want to see them make from last week to this week against the Bills? And uh, would you say that the Bills' defense is simply a different animal with how injured the Dolphins were last week? Um. Yes, but they've also had their own injuries. And while, yes, last week was encouraging, Miami was down five key players. Their pass rush was completely destroyed, you know, especially off the edge. So encouraging, mm-hmm. yes, but they they were not facing the real Dolphins defense. And in this matchup, I agree with Jordan. The passing attack should run through Rice and Kelsey. I think that's the way it is. Those are your two horses. But I am going to say with Pacheco, the Bills linebacker group has just been destroyed by injuries. So, you know. I could, and like you said, Pacheco's had a, had more passing game usage this season so far, so I could see him having three or four or five targets somewhere in there, making a big of an impact, while Rice and, and Kelsey combined for 20, and that's essentially how they treat things from a macro perspective. So I, regardless, I think those three guys are the whole offense for the most part. Yeah, it's, it's certainly looking like one of the most consolidated offenses at this point. Jordan, let's look at the other side. 
Josh Allen accounted for three passing touchdowns and the team's lone rushing touchdown last week against the Steelers. Stephon Diggs now has consistently, consistently failed to get there in DFS the second half of the season and into the playoffs last week where he caught seven passes for 52 yards. Sorry, folks, that just does not get it done in DFS for a player of Diggs's salary. What are a couple creative ways that you're going to play Allen in DFS this week? And are you going to go back to the Stephon Diggs well yourself? I will not be going to Stefan Diggs. They have the game plan for him. It's worked every single time they've played. It's relied on the guys like Gabe Davis to create matchups and win down the field on the opposite side. Obviously, I don't I don't expect Gabe to give it a go this week. And last week, we saw Khalil Shakir go for 85% of the routes run. Um, he was the guy that f- filled in. It didn't really create this Gabe Davis role from him because that's not his skill set. And as a result, the creative way I'm going to play Josh Allen, it it's going to be Josh Allen with James Cook because we saw James Cook dominate these linebackers in the passing game the first time they played. Man almost had a, a double bonus of 100 yard rushing and 100 yard receiving, and then flipping it to Dalton Kincaid with him. I want that. That's the way I want to play Josh Allen because I know Josh Allen can play superhero mode and run the ball effectively, and then I know those two guys are going to get work in the passing game, and they're going to try to pick on these linebackers because that's the unit you attack on the Chiefs. Those corners are playing out of their mind. I saw the Tyree Kale quote tweet this week saying he pressed me to Cancun when he was talking about Legereus Sneed. Legereus <laughs> Sneed not being a Pro Bowl corner is ridiculous. He's an all-pro corner. He's one of the best corners in our game because he is not afraid to go outside in the slot if they need him to play a certain coverage, he does it all for this defense. And Spags, he's just a nightmare of a defensive coordinator to match up against. So that's the way I would play Josh Allen. And on top of it, I'm running it back with Kelsey and Rasheed Rice in this matchup. Like, I'm, if I'm playing one of these quarterbacks, it's got to be in the game mindset of 35-38. Like, you can't attack this game from just a small matchup perspective. Like, you could go with, like, a one-off of Kelsey – but I feel like you want you want the shootout if this game's going to get there. Ryan, you've also talked this week about how you have interest in Dalton Kincaid. Anything else that you like there? Or is it simply that the the Chiefs' weakness on defense right now is uh, the linebackers in the middle of the field? Well, that's definitely part of it. I agree with Jordan all the way there. But two things I'll throw into that is if you're playing Josh Allen, you're concerned about him running the ball and him hitting you over the top. And that's one of the reasons they brought Kincaid in here to be their Travis Kelsey, to be their guy that operates in the short to intermediate level of the field. He has a four and a half uh, reception prop target right now, which is semi high, I'd say. And when Mm -hmm. when a good player has a line that's high, I'm either going over or passing on it because it's high for a reason. So, yeah, all those reasons combined, like Kincaid was literally drafted by this team for this type of matchup, too. Jordan, let's look at the running backs. If you had to choose one, Isaiah Pacheco or James Cook this week in one-offs? James Cook. Uh, they 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 adjusted by putting a corner on him in the, the, the first game they played, which was wild. So now it's kind of like, all right, like I'm going to see – I want to see how you're going to do that, and I'm going to motion him back in and run the ball against you if you're going to try to put your corner back in the box. Folks, before we get you out of here with a couple final questions – Reminder to check out all of Ryan and Jordan's work on the 33rdteam.com. Ryan Reynolds NFL, Jordan Vanek DFS are their Twitter handles. And we're sponsored by Better, promo code 33rdteam. Get that 100% deposit match up to $500.
All right, last question for each of you. Rapid fire. Jordan, the cheapest DFS option that you might need this week. Jameson Williams. I talked about him earlier in the show. Going to see a lot of cover three from Tampa Bay, which means their corners on the boundary are going to be guarding the deep third of the field. That's who JMO can win against. That's who JMO can get it done against. We saw Devontae Smith do it plenty. I expect JMO to get it done as well. Ryan, I've got your expert picks and predictions article for every game up. I'm looking right now. It's free to read. Everyone listening should check that out to get all the reasonings, all the predictions. What's your what's your spiciest prediction for this week? Give us the the score prediction that's going to ruffle the most feathers that you feel pretty good about. Eh, I'm not sure it will ruffle any feathers. I you know I, I think the I think the Texans are going to cover Ravens 24, Texans 17. Uh, maybe I think the Buccaneers are going to cover Lions 27, Buccaneers 23. Maybe that's the spiciest one. Not not I'm not a real like looking for spicy type stuff kind of guy. I just like to try to get things right. That's who we are here at the 33rd team. We're not spicy. We are unseasoned meat and potatoes type folks. For myself, Josh Larkey. For my co-hosts, Ryan Reynolds and Jordan Vanek. From the 33rd team, from our sponsor, Better. Promo code 33rd team. Thank you, everyone.